here's where I think the secret is. Leaders lead and they lead well. I don't think they realize the impact that their leadership is having on other people. Hi, this is Melinda Emerson, the Small Biz Lady, host of the Small Biz Chat Podcast. I want to serve you. This pandemic has been so hard on America's small businesses and on just America in general. If you're ready to start your dream business, boy, do I have a great offer for you. I am giving away 1,000 copies of my best-selling book, Become Your Own Boss in 12 Months. Over 100,000 people have this book. It has been printed in multiple languages around the world, and I wanted to find a way to serve America's small businesses in this pandemic. And so I'm giving away a thousand copies of my book. All you have to do to get your copy is head over to beginmybiz.com slash free offer to, you know, sign up for your copy. All you have to do is pay shipping and we will mail one out to you. I am so excited about this. I want to serve you. Grab your copy today. Ending small business failure. Welcome to the Small Biz Chat Podcast with the number one small business expert, Melinda Emerson. Melinda's goal is to end small business failure, and she'll give you the information you need to succeed and live the life you dream of. Now, here's the small biz lady herself, Melinda Emerson. Hi, everybody. I'm Melinda Emerson, the small biz lady, America's number one small business expert. And I would like to welcome you to Small Biz Chat Live. Here we engage experts to conduct interviews for the Small Biz Chat Podcast. The Small Biz Chat Podcast is a peer-to-peer interview show that gives small business owners a way to get invaluable information and business insight. The mission of Small Biz Chat is to end small business failure. The goal is to give our small business audience the opportunity to hear sage advice from multiple angles so that you can grow your business and take it to the next level. Anyway, with that, I want to introduce my good friend and human firecracker, Don Brolin, CPA. She is the founder of Team Brolin, which is a nationally recognized accounting firm based in Connecticut. She joins us tonight because we're going to talk about her new book, The Designated Motivator, which is a practical guide for individuals who have the passion for engaging in business and their personal lives. She's going to help us all reach our full potential with that. Dawn, welcome back to the Small Biz Chat Podcast. Melinda, you know you're one of my favorite people out there because you give with all of your heart. So more than anything, I'm just happy to be here with you and thank you for having me. Oh, gosh. Well, Don, let's jump right in. Let's start from the beginning. Tell me, all right, how did you get rolling, uh, you know, starting your business? And how has that translated into you figuring out what your superpower is? You know, uh, we all think back at that first moment, we were like, I'm going to start my own business and I'm super excited about it. And, you know, so back in 1999, let me date myself. Yes, I'm old. And uh, I decided to start a new business. I wanted to be a bookkeeper. I knew when I was 16, I wanted to be in business. I knew I wanted to be an accountant. And so I said, you know what, I'm going for it. And so in 1999, I said, you know what, I'm not doing the corporate route. That was just my choice. And I decided to start being a bookkeeper. And then I went back to school and then I got my CPA later in life. Then I got my certified fraud examiner license and I was cranking. And so, you know, I just built my business and the most important thing to me has always been in my life is leaving people better than I found them. I'm not saying I always have because nobody's perfect, right? But that's what I've strived to do. And so from start to finish, I've been through 
you know, working by myself as a sole prop to having employees, to having partners, to growing a business to 10 employees and then saying, wait, that's not for me and cutting back to four. So I've been through it all. And then, you know, we'll talk about the book and how that kind of came to. <laughs> Definitely. All right. So your firm, Team Brolin, you know, you built that up and you're also a major influencer in, in, in the accounting industry, right? Right. You know, I found that when I started to get really passionate about what I was doing in the accounting industry, we, we'd have to go to conferences, get certified. You know, it's really due diligence and responsibility. That's our job to be protect the public in the accounting world, certainly in the tax world of protecting them from paying more to the IRS than they should, which is our job. And I found that I need to start educating myself. I went to a conference. I saw the lady speaking, Leslie Capuchetti, one of my heroes in accounting. And I said, I want to teach with you. And she said, let me tell you how to do it. She put her hand out, picked me up, gave me the guidance I needed, and I ran with it from there. And I think from a major influencer perspective, that's part of our job. Our job is as we get out there and we strive to help our colleagues and help our industry in general, it's time for us to put our hand out and pull people up as well. And that's where I got my inspiration. So I'm out there now. I want to change the accounting industry in ways that they never imagined. And that's some of what we'll talk about with the book, because we're going to take this book that I've already written and take it a step further for my colleagues in my industry to better them. I love it. I love it. All right. So tell me about the book, The Designated um, Motivator. Okay. Why did you write? I got to be honest with you. I kind of thought you were going to come out with an accounting and finance book. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like an accounting for a dummy, like like a you know cash flow for dummies kind of situation. So I was really surprised um, when you sent me the notes, like, "Hey, I got this new book. It's the Designated Motivator," and I'm like, "Wow, okay." So tell me about this. Tell me about your new passion. This book has filled my soul. Okay. And being out there, being an accountant, that's obviously important. You know, I've got, I do my job of due diligence and compliance and the normal things, but really at the end of the day, my job is to, is to really influence and positively motivate and transform in a positive way. Every single person I come in contact with. And here's the thing I feel like, and you asked me about being an influencer in the accounting industry. I've been doing that in different ways, just as my colleagues have done it to me as we, as you, Melinda, who fills, fills the souls of small business owners. And I realized through a simple thing, this little yellow ball, weird enough, I decided in 2019 that I was not just going to be an accountant. I needed to fill my soul with something, something other than my normal day to day. So I decided because who else doesn't do this? I got in contact through various channels with my former teammate from college. We won the national tournament in 1990, college women's softball, division three. It was a time of our life. And I said, I really miss it. I went to a game and I just got really excited about it. So she approached me and said, hey, you want to coach next year? And I go, Pep, you know I'm an accountant, right? And she's like, well, yeah, duh. And I said, you know, it's tax season during softball, right? And she said, yeah, so? And I thought to myself, yeah. So, and I said, you know what? I'll give you everything I can. I can't promise you 110%, which my, that's all I really drive on. As you, Melinda, know, I'm a nut. I'm I do crazy. know how you do things, Dawn, definitely. <laughs> I'm either all in or I'm all out. That's just how it is, right? So I, I approached it in that I'll do the best I can. I still have my role as an accountant, things like that. 
we went into the season. I'm not going to drag it out too long, but I want you to feel the passion that I had. I go to this softball practice, not even really remembering the rules. And they gave me my bag tag and they said, volunteer coach. And I looked at that bag tag and I went, no, that does not describe me in any capacity whatsoever. And so I made my own name tag. The first was co-head coach, because I'm not just going to be an assistant. Let's be real. And then I decided I was going to be something called the designated motivator. And then the moment I put that on my bag tag, I really didn't know what it meant at first. And then as the season went on, I realized this team was an average team the year before. They were 500 best record. They came back. Their goal was, well, let's be like 600 percent, you know, 600 record instead of five. And I'm like, what? We're going for the natty. We're going for the national tournament. What do you mean we're going to go for 500? Like, I'm like, so the same team that came back at 500 and we're like, oh, we'll just, you know, be good. I said that I'm not doing this. I must be in the wrong room. And so I decided each one of those individuals, I was going to get into their head, into their heart and into their soul and make a change in them to help them realize how good they could be if they decided to play together, to do something different than they ever did before and have the guts to move forward in a way they never did before. And the end of the story, and, and through there were so many examples and a lot of them are in the book, and it's not about sports. At the end, I realized it wasn't about sports. It was about a team, a business, an organization, a church, a family. It doesn't matter what it is. If you can have that transformative effect in a person, I have goosebumps right now, you can change the world one person at a time, one team at a time, one church at a time, because that's ultimately what we're here for, right? And so at the end of the story of that 2019 softball team who was less than five, about 500 the year before, same kids coming back, they were third in the country. We've yes. been third in the country. <laughs> and there were so many amazing stories along the way, simple little things like you walk in your office and you have a staff member, you're either you're a colleague or you own the company and you see your team, your person there, your staff person, and you walk up to them and you literally look them right in their face. And you say, hey, how was your weekend? I know your daughter had a soccer game. How did that go? Was it fun? Whatever. And you like actually continue looking at them because you actually want to hear what they have to say. That gives some a person a feeling that you don't get just from a, hey, how was the soccer game? Okay, cool, great. All right, you're working on that project? Awesome. <laughs> and when you take that moment of time and, you know, I mean, I'm obviously a little extra. So I did some pretty crazy yeah, things. You think, you think Don? You I think, think a little, right. I bought a bullhorn and I would show up to practice and I'm like, 22, what are you doing? And I'm just like, cause I'm crazy. And they, but the thing is when I would arrive, if you arrive at a place, you arrive at work and people are like, Melinda's here. Awesome. And when I arrived to practice, those kids would run, they call me mom now, right? They would run to me and they would be like, mom's here, what's up, Roland? And they would have this fire in their belly that they just didn't have before. That's all they needed. That's all people need. And that's, I realized what gift God gave me in this ability to be outrageous and not everybody has to be that outraged. You can go to a cashier at a gas station, buy a Coke and say, hey, Thank you so much. I really appreciate you. I hope you're having a great day and smile at them. Their whole attitude changes. And if we don't need that right now in our country, I don't think we need anything else. And that's just now it's my mission. I love it. 
I love it. So you feel like this whole thing of discovering that designated motivator title that really kind of has ignited like a superpower in you? Like, is this like your zone of genius? Dawn? It is Melinda. I thought I was psycho before. <laughs> Let me just tell you one little thing. I bought a body bag. I bought a body bag this year for the team. And when we beat other teams, we put their lineup on it. I'm, I'm over the top to help them imagine things. Obviously that's a little crazy, but but to see them have that, oh my goodness, we could do this. We could win the whole thing. Made every moment that I spent with them outside of my business worth it. That is awesome. So I have something funny to tell you. So when I first moved to Philadelphia, when I was still working in the television industry as a producer, I coached nine and 10 year old girl softball because I played softball in high school and college as well. I didn't play on the team. I played intramural because when I got to college, I was like, look, it's a little bit too crazy down here. I need to make sure I graduate. So I didn't want to like play for the team. I didn't want to play for Virginia Tech, but I played in the intramural league. Um, but I know exactly what you mean about motivating little girls and what that means to them. But I wanted to switch gears to you a little bit because I do think think that I wanted to ask you, like, don't you think that natural born leaders are automatically motivators? Like, is that, is that like a gene that we kind of all, those of us that are leaders that have been leaders? I mean, I think I'm the oldest in my family. I was born. I always tell people I was born the boss. Like, look, I've been telling people what to do my whole life. And then my first job out of college, I got a job where I got to tell people what to do. And then I started my own business and I'm still telling people what to do. So I tell people all the time, like, I've been a boss my whole life. That whole boss lady thing like that, that's me. So, but, I, but I'm wondering though, do you feel like this is a, something that's like in people that you have to kind of unlock? I do think that, I think people don't, re here's where I think the secret is. Leaders lead and they lead well. I don't think they realize the impact that their leadership is having on other people. And let me give you an example. I speak at a lot of conferences and I'll talk to people. I'll go to a conference next week. I'm going to a big, huge nerd fest in Vegas for CPAs, right? And so I'm going to go to that and people will come up to you, me, Heather Satterley. There's a ton of leaders out there in, in our industry. And we all, Casey Johnson, and we all, hug all over each other when we see each other. Oh my goodness, do we miss that? But someone will come up to us and say, Dawn, do you remember when you gave that talk at Scaling New Heights in 2017 about X, Y, and Z? And I'm like, I remember the topic. Well, you said something to me and it changed my entire life. I thought I was just giving a talk about how to do fraud detection, but I don't give a typical, here's your slides. This is what we're talking about. That's not <laughs> how I roll. I make it action packed. So I think, yes, I felt, I feel like a leader in my industry, but I don't realize the impact I have on others. And when I feel that impact, it, it's like, I feel like I'm going to explode with just energy. And I think that's it. I think every leader, yes, is a designated motivator in their way. I don't know if they all realize the impact their leadership is having on individual by individual basis. Well, and I want to dovetail off of that, though, because I do think sometimes people have different leadership styles and particularly people in athletics. Like I, I tend to sometimes see 
what I call negative leadership in, you know, like people like I'm just being hard on you because I believe in you so much that kind of that, that how do we sort of like untrain some of these like hard knock life, you know, motivators versus, versus these inspirational aspirational leaders. Like, I, I think there's a different kind of leadership. And unfortunately, some of the negative guys have big results and big numbers too. So mm -hmm. how do you, so, so how do you sort of like position this thing as designated motivator versus designated hard ass leader? And that's how I get results by fear and retribution. You know, I mean, kind of, right. how do you, how do you kind of, what is going to be, how are you going to beat those people down? Cause those people still think they're right. Right. Correct. Well, in the dynamic with this, uh, the head coach as my former teammate, she's that hard ass girl and she's, you know, all over those kids and just like whatever. I really believe a combination of hard ass and motivator because me, myself, and I'll tell you what a motivator does. The moment a motivator gets really mad. Oh, do they pay attention? Oh, because I remember one game I popped off on them and they were just like deer in headlights. And it was like, so that point moving forward, they were like, Brolin, are you at that point again? Because we don't want to see that ever again. But I think because <laughs> that's not pretty either that that could be bad. But I 100 percent agree with you. I think the negative the negative coaching experiences have to change these Listen, when I was a kid, my dad whipped me with that belt and boy, I straightened out hardcore immediately. Number one, you can't do that anymore. The kids go to school, you've got DCF on your doorstep, right? So that type of, I mean, that's just similar to what's happening. So we have to tone it down and try to teach those people who are out there. You know, we had the, the team that beat us in the national tournament in 2019. That guy was that guy. I could not stand him. I could not stand him. I was like, how do you treat that? Like, I wanted to go hug those kids. My heart was broken. So they won the national tournament. Okay, that's great. When they look back, what are they going to say for their experience? Oh, we won a national tournament. But I hated my coach. Right, right. And we don't it's, want it's that, that either. It's that whole Cobra Kai thing, right? <laughs> and, I, and I'm dating myself with my Karate Kid reference, but I do know they have reprised it on Netflix. But, you know, my point is, is that it's like that mean, evil, win at all costs, winners or you know losers or losers and you know it's like whoa wait a minute what is the point right. of all of that yeah um, i think the oh. designated motivator concept brings a whole nother tone that i don't think is normal it's not very it's not usual to see someone in the dugout and not that not saying again that everybody has to be crazy like me with a bullhorn but you know we have to have that balance and especially for our young people our young people have got to be I don't want coddling. I'm not coddling kids that don't, don't get that confused because coddling does nothing for anybody. But what it does is infuse a belief into their souls that they can be the best they can be. And however best they are, that's who they are. I'll give you an example. We had a kid on the team. She was a pinch runner. And I said to her, honey, that is all you're ever going to do. You will not see the field. You're not going to be playing in the field, but tell you something right now. You could be the difference between a national tournament and not a national tournament because you're running a base. I said, what you have to do and what we try to get them to do is to accept their role and then infuse as much positivity in their role as possible because every position is different. And so, and that's just like in your business, 
You have a salesperson, you have an inventory manager, you have an administrative assistant in the front line. Those people have different roles and one is not better than the other. They're all as important because you're always as weak, as, as strong as your weakest link. And that's the facts. So you got to pull that person up from the bottom who feels like what they're doing is not worthy because they're not the best. They don't have to be the best at everything. They have to be the best at whatever their role is. And that goes on to business all day long. Love it. Love it. Love it. Well, listen, I'm going to put a pin in that. We're going to take a commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to talk more with Don Brolin about the designated motivator. You're watching the Small Biz Chat Live, and we will be right back. People always ask me, how can I become my own boss? With multiple features in the New York Times, Forbes, and on ABC News as America's number one small business expert, I know a thing or two about how to do it. Hi, I'm Melinda Emerson, Small Biz Lady, and I've been coaching small business owners since 2008. That's right, I've been helping small business owners plan for success since the last recession, and I'm still here reaching over 3 million small business owners a week online. I've spent the last 12 years compiling exactly what I did to become my own boss. I even broke it down into a six-step system in my best-selling book, Become Your Own Boss in 12 Months. Over 100,000 people in multiple languages around the world have this book, and due to the pandemic, I know people need help. If you're ready to transition successfully from being an employee into your own business, I'm here to help. I'm giving away 1,000 copies of Become Your Own Boss in 12 Months for free. All you need to do is pay for shipping. That's right, I'm giving away 1,000 copies for free. If you've always wanted to start your dream business, let me give you a roadmap to success. This offer will only be available while supplies last, and when they're gone, they're gone. Click on the button to grab your copy today. Welcome back to the Small Biz Chat Live. I'm back with my guest, Don Brolin, CEO of Team Brolin, and she's going to help us understand the motivation movement. All right, Don, you wrote this book, The Designated Motivator. Now you're leading the motivation movement. What is that? What are you doing? I'm just trying to have this transformative, positive effect in anyone I touch. And I want to help other people do the same for others. Cause obviously I can't, there's a lot of people in the world can't do it all myself. So I'm trying to just make this thing real for people, for them to realize it is actually a thing. And I experienced it. So I know it works. So now I moved on and I said, okay, I love the chicken soup for the soul conversation. So I take the designated motivator and, and, and infuse it where I can. There's a lot of vision that I have between the, the designated motivator for the family, designated motivator for teens, designated motivator for what? Well, the next book's going to be the designated motivator for accounting professionals, because that obviously the accounting industry is a passion of mine. I have so many wonderful colleagues. I interact with so many uh, other accountants throughout the country and really over the last year and a half, the accounting industry has seen something like, obviously no one's ever seen, but we focus in our industry, but we've seen a lot of pain in our small businesses. We've seen a lot of pain in our tax clients. We've seen a lot of pain with our frustrations with the IRS and how slow they are right now. And, you know, they can make excuses, but we can't. And so over the last year and a half, there's a lot of pain and a lot of it can be avoided. And so my job, in my opinion, is to write this book to motivate people. They're in one phase or another. They're either in, I want out of this, 
we, they need to have a conversation with me or, you know what, you're right, Brolin, I'm ready to get motivated. I'm ready to go. What do I do? And so it's going to be really a, a practical motivational guide to help them where, to see where they are. Are they servicing clients that maybe are not in their best interest? Because I had a client just a, uh, about a month ago that we fired. I mean, we did revenue of around $200,000 with that that particular company. And he was just so mean to us at one point that I said, I can't have that in my soul, on my body. I don't want, I can taste it. I don't like it. And there's no, not a dime. Money means nothing to me. And we said, goodbye. And I think there's people in our industry who are servicing amazing clients and I think of my restaurant out of Pittsburgh, and I think of my refurbishing company out of Colorado, and I think of all these clients that I have who, when I call them, they're so excited to talk to me. When they call me, I can't wait to talk to them. And then there's the other clients that you're like, oh, they call and you're like, mm, my gut hurts. And so we've, we've got to fix that in every area of our life. And for us who have to feed their families. We got to have a motivation movement to make a change that when we go to work, we want to go to work. And when we talk to people, we want to talk to people. And so we need to make that change in our industry. All right. So let me ask you a personal question. How do you stay this positive all the time? Because Don, let me tell you something. I'm the small biz lady. I love my mission to end small biz failure. But listen, there are days when I don't want to put my cape on and save the day. There are days. So I want to know how do you handle those kind of days? Who, who motivates the designated motivator? Yeah, well, there's a little combination there. I know for me, and I love to use the example of the softball kids, when you go to a place and people are so excited to you go to church, it doesn't matter where you go. You come home from work. This probably happens all the time. People are like, mom, no, that that's not real. But going to many other places where you walk in and you know, you've given, you give them every ounce of your soul and they start to give it back. And that's motivation to me. You know, my dad, of course, was from an origination situation. My dad was my motivator, was the hardest working man he was a foreman at Pratt Whitney. And when there was a strike, he would never cross the picket line against his guys. He would sleep over for two, three, four days, two weeks at a time because he was a true leader. And he, he depended, his team depended on him and he depended on his team. And that was his job. I would watch him. So I knew what hard work, dedication and commitment to the people who are committed to you. He taught me that. And so, but as far as a day-to-day -day vision, of course, my family, I can't say enough about my family. They have to deal with this psychoticness every single day. They never know what's coming down the stairs, but you're right. There are days where I'm just like, you know what, I, this, this like Monday, unfortunately, I was supposed to have you on my podcast and I had a friend that passed away on Sunday. I didn't want to do anything. So you know what I did? I didn't do anything. And I picked my big girl pants up, tightened them up on Tuesday morning, and went back to work because I know there's people that are counting on me to help them with their business, with their taxes, with whatever it may be. And so sometimes it's gonna come from your gut. And do you have the guts to stand up and say, you know what, today sucks, but I'm gonna get out there and I'm still gonna do the best I can. I would say I'm fairly abnormal, but I think everybody has that in them. They have that drive and that desire. If you remember the first day you picked up that pencil and said, I'm in business, you had a passion in your belly and we gotta find that again. And that's what the motivation movement's all about. We're gonna find that passion with it, every single person. So how do we translate that to business? Do you feel like there are business owners out here that have lost their passion, especially since the pandemic? 100%. There is the last 18 months, people are discouraged. 
you know, we, we know that unemployment's an issue. We know getting labor force back into the, you know, people back to work has been an issue. I don't care what the news says. I don't care what the media says. It's the facts. And we know this because we interact with small business on a daily basis. We're not taking surveys. We're looking in the eyes and the souls of our clients and seeing what's out there. And so I think small business owners more than anything, and I, I'm telling you, all of you that are watching this, I know you're struggling and I know you're suffering, but you have that passion in your gut. And what you have to do is find a designated motivator that the two of you can bounce off of each other because you're going to have a bad day one day. Find somebody who's going to pick you up the next day. They're out there for you. Okay. And there's no, no one is a right to steal away your business from you because of the economy, labor force, anything. You have your future in your own hands. All you need is just to grab that, that focus and that right gut and get back in there and take it back because it's yours. It's your baby and you protect it and you deserve to bring it up. It's all yours. All right, Brolin, last question for you. What is the best business advice you've ever gotten? The, I'll tell you what, the best business advice I've ever gotten is enjoy what you do. Make sure you surround your people that you want to be around because in, guess what? You're with those people more than you're with your family. So you love your family. You got married or not. You have kids that love you. You're not with them eight to 12 hours a day. You're with your business people, whether it's your employees, your partners, or your clients. So what um, the best business advice I ever got is if you feel, if you're in your gut, something doesn't feel right. It's not right. Have the guts to make a change. That was the best business advice I've ever gotten. I love it. I love it. Have the guts to make a change. All right. What is your favorite podcast? Well, it'd be silly for me not to say the Small Biz Chat podcast is the best. And I will tell you why I believe that, because you have such great variety of information for everyone who's in business. It doesn't matter your industry and you come across the board. It's an awesome podcast. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. You're not just saying that because you're my buddy, are you? No way. <laughs> All right. What is your favorite business app? Well, this should probably shock you. Of course, for me, it's QuickBooks. <laughs> it's my favorite app because that tells the true story of a business health and wealth. I love it. I love it. I kind of knew you were going to say that one, but I just wanted to see if there was some if there was something different you were going to tell me. All right. What is your favorite old school marketing tip? I'm always going to say the, com the, the relationships that you have with either colleagues and or clients, a little bit of what Sonia was saying, but more in that, get out there, be bold and be big about what you're the best at. That would be my, because the more networking you get out there and the more people say, oh, hey, I know the crypto lady, Sonia, they mm -hmm. know that she is the biggest and the best and people are going to refer to her. Love it. Love it. You know, one of my favorite old school marketing tips is actually handwritten notes. Handwritten personal notes on personal stationery is still a win. And with so many people send an email, you know, a snail mail is actually making a comeback, believe it or not. All right, Dawn, what is your favorite business book you've ever read? Favorite business book? That's a really tough one, but I'm going to stick with my bottom line boy, Mike McCallowitz and Profit First, because he is eliminating entrepreneurial poverty across the country and across the world. And I believe in his process. I believe in his theory. And I believe the process works because it's worked for me. You know, I'm a big fan of Mike McCallowitz. That's my boy. That's my hokey brother. All right. Thank you so much for spending this time with me. And thank you all for joining me for this episode of the Small Biz Chat Podcast. 
I've got a brand new book coming out, Become Your Own Boss in 12 Months, Revised and Expanded, coming out this fall. If you want to pre-order it, head over to becomeyourownbossbook.com. And I've got some amazing bonuses. So go on over there. And if you want more information about how to start and grow a successful small business, head over to Small Biz Lady University and sign up for my course, How to Sell and Market Online. I promise I'll get you going in the right direction. The mission of the Small Biz Chat is to end small business failure. I'm Melinda Emerson, the Small Biz Lady, your host. Until next time, I want to leave you with this. You never lose in business. Either you win or you learn. God bless everybody. Thank you for listening to the Small Biz Chat Podcast with Melinda Emerson. For more resources and small business success strategies, visit succeedasyourownboss.com. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and join us next Wednesday.